1: It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
2: You know, I'm a creature of habit, James. I don't like when, when my vibe gets thrown off. I don't like when my chakras get misaligned.
3: A creature of habit and boring is okay.
2: Facts, dude. That's just where I'm at. <laughs> and we were a little bit late getting live on YouTube and Twitch, but we are there. Good morning, everybody. Hello, everybody listening and watching on YouTube and Twitch. We appreciate you there. Please like and subscribe. Uh, like by hitting that little thumbs up button. We would appreciate the heck out of that. Everybody listening on radio. Hello, welcome. I hope you had a good drive into work, or I hope that you had a are having a good drive to work. And everybody listening on the Free Odyssey app. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, we appreciate you very much. Uh, Here on The Insiders, that's James Hamm. I'm Kyle Madsen. And, you know, boy, um, the national championship game last night in college football happened. Your thoughts?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Kyle, rarely.
2: (laughs) It's awkward talking college
3: football in Sacramento. Rarely do I watch college football. (laughs) Very rarely. And I turned it on and I thought... Man, the Kansas City Chiefs have got to be scouting this game, wondering which of these wide receivers they can draft, yeah. so they can drop passes for them too. <laughs> That's what it was—like a bunch of bad drops, a bunch of like missed, like bad flow. I, I thought it was a good game, though. I, I, I did. I, I I was enthralled by what was happening. I I thought, you know, Michigan pulled away late, uh, and they looked like. You know, Dude, the, the or, better team. But. They they were the best team. Won like yes. that's
2: that's what. Forget all the cheating stuff. I, I fine. They were the best team. Yeah, that's also honestly a little bit how I feel with the Astros too and their whole cheating thing. Like the Astros were the best team. They they deserved yes. they deserved to to win. But anyways. When Michigan went up fourteen to three and had their second, I think it was a forty-eight yard touchdown run from from Donovan Edwards, he mm-hmm. was forty-one yards on his first one, 48 yards on his second one, and it's just like night night. This game's over. It's fourteen to three. I've seen how national championship games go. So credit to Washington, credit to UW for figuring it out and at least making it a competitive game.
3: I totally agree. I, I was, I, I thought it was going to be oh, like a blowout. Yeah, I like, I, I thought that that was just going to be a runaway. And then the the interception early in the second half, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, yeah, like course. this thing it's... is going to get out of control. And it really didn't get out of control until like the last five or six minutes. Yeah, the last. Yeah, it was a two touchdown game with seven minutes left.
2: And, and Penix actually got them down into not the red zone, but into scoring range where it's like, OK, they could they could score quick and make this really interesting. He throws a second pick. It gets returned uh, way, way into into uh, UW territory. And that was it. Michigan punched it in. They win 34 to 13. So congratulations to the Wolverines. Congratulations to Jim Harbaugh. They were the best team in college football all year. And RIP to the 14 playoff. I'm very much looking forward to the 12 team.
3: Yes. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think this is going to, like, the evolution of college football is intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't don't follow it enough to, like, be all invested in, like, oh, I can't believe you're blowing up conferences and all this. But. I think just like the evolution of it, you're watching a, something try to evolve itself. Mm-hmm. That to me is intriguing to watch.
2: Yeah, no, I yeah. totally agree. R.I.P. to the Pac-12 as well. The final Pac-12 involved game ever last night uh, it was a it was a heck of a run. So uh, that's it. It yeah. also might be. <laughs> it also might have been Jim Harbaugh's last game with Michigan, but we'll see.
3: Yeah, that's intriguing, isn't it? Yeah, But well, I, yeah. I mean, but least... it feels like. Look,
2: here's here's where I'm at. He's been at Michigan for nine years. I don't know if he wants to get back into the NFL because those opportunities have been there for him since he got to Michigan. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he wants to get back into the NFL or not. If he does, this seems like the hiring cycle to do it because he's going to have his pick of team and he's coming off a natty. He's delivered what he he sought to deliver to, to Michigan. That's great. But I also think he realizes like, dude, been here a decade, things are going great, program's been dominant, just won a natty. I think it would have to be like a perfect situation for him where he's getting dramatically overpaid
3: to go back to the NFL. I think the situation, it might... I shouldn't say overpaid, but it's a huge contract. So I'm going to say it's either the perfect situation or he's escaping the worst situation because... I think that there still is, like, there's still potential ramifications yeah. for things that happened. Yeah, no so doubt. So if he's bailing on the NCAA, yeah. like, that could be, like, he's trying to escape and, and go make his money somewhere else.
2: Yeah, that that's that's definitely possible. The other thing with leaving Michigan is he's set there, right?
3: Yeah, like, if why he, would you leave?
2: Right, if he exits and goes back to the NFL, and let's say for whatever reason it doesn't work. And he's in the NFL for for four years. His team goes to the playoffs once. They don't make a real run. Other than that, he's about 500. Mm -hmm. He can't go back to Michigan now. No. He'll always... The NFL door will always be open for Jim Harbaugh. Always. He had so much success with the 49ers, and so much of of the issues he had with that team were, were because of friction with the GM. So I think there is going to be teams that will give him a chance forever. And
3: we'll... Yes, but forever is how long because I mean he's 60. Yeah. Like so like you don't get to be forever forever. That's true. Like there uh, if you want to run a program, if you want to like go get yourself in the NFL Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. you need a good 8-year run here. Yeah. Like to really put your stamp on on something. Boy. And and so yeah, I mean I I get it. I mean he's going to be in the college football Hall of Fame I think after after this and and if he sticks around with Michigan for a few more years and, and keeps, I, I don't know. I, like if I'm him, like their family motto, who's got it better than us? Mm-hmm. At some point, don't you have to listen to your own family motto? Yeah. Like yeah. Because, about, realistically, who who has it better than you? Like you just won the national They're championship. N- he's the most popular person in,
2: in I, I, I don't I don't know enough about the history of Michigan to say in Michigan history, but he's certainly the most popular person in, in the state of Michigan right now.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Like the Bo Schimbeckler era yeah, was sure. was big uh, sure. with Harbaugh. Sure, um, but yeah, I, I think at some point, like, you kind of have to settle in and say this is who I should be. Yeah, and, I, and I've always felt like he doesn't really get that. Yeah, you know, which is why he wears khakis everywhere. Sure. Um, maybe that's who he is. He's sure. just team khaki. Yeah. But uh, like again, like who has it better than us? Like if you're if that's going to be your mantra. If you go to the NFL, you may never win anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, you're going to win games, but you might never win an, yeah, like a be, Super Bowl. I'd be fascinated to know if that's his desire, though.
2: Like, is that is that something that he is like, my career isn't complete until I check this box? I, I or, just... or is he cool, like you said, just doing the, hey, I'm the most popular guy in Ann Arbor right now. My outside of, you know, Losing for, for two decades or whatever, committing a crime, <laughs> his Q rating is just gonna be through the roof forever. Like he's a legend. He is a stamped Michigan legend. Yes. Why would you walk away from that?
3: Well, not only that, but that's where you Outside went to college. Outside of the whole sanction thing. You know, that's where you went to right. college. That right. like it was you that mm-hmm. like you were already a big deal there. You get to come home. Yeah, it's one thing if he was going somewhere else and like winning a championship somewhere, right? Else. Like LSU. Yeah, and and then was like, oh, the Michigan job never comes up for for me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, I don't know. Like again, just live by your own rule and just stay where you're where you're at and, and find the success. You know, make it more than one championship. Like let's let's build a dynasty here. Like why not?
2: Yeah. I would so. dude, you know me, creature habit. If I got to a spot where I was having as much success as Jim Harbaugh is having, making as much money as Jim Harbaugh is making. What I do you mean there's... you're not
3: that's not here. That's no. not the insiders. We're not there yet. Kyle? No, not quite. Almost. We're not Almost. quite there yet. We're very close. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I, I just I
2: I think knowing me personally and again, Jim Harbaugh is not he and I are not the same. <laughs> he is a he is nuts on a different level than I am. Well, that so, and you don't wear khakis. I not all the time. That's I have right. been known I've been known to throw on a pair of khakis for a nice for a for a business casual up. occasion. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh no, I I'm if it was me, I would I would stay. I think Jim Harbaugh winds up back in the NFL. Mm. I I I let me rephrase that. If Jim Harbaugh winds up back in the NFL, I think it's this year.
3: I I agree with you. I think it's this year and I would think that it would be the Chargers.
2: There's jobs that are already open. Atlanta. Yep. Washington. Yep. Carolina. The Los Angeles Chargers. The Las Vegas Raiders. Now the Tennessee Titans. Mike Vrabel, just this morning, breaking news from ESPN's Adam Schefter, got fired by the Titans. Mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni could be out in Philadelphia. Philadelphia Flames out in the first round of the playoffs. There's already talk of that. That's wild. Matt Iberflus could be out in Chicago, although they were good enough in the second half of the season that, that maybe he bought himself another year. But Matt Iberflus in Chicago could be out in Chicago where Jim Harbaugh played. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's one more. Uh, Bill Belichick in New England could be gone. This this might have been his final year in New England. No No word on that yet. And then Mike McCarthy could be out in Dallas as
3: well. Just because Kyle wants him out. No.
2: No, I would. I would prefer Mike McCarthy stay with the Dallas Cowboys forever. That that is that is the preferable outcome for for me as a person who does not want to see the Dallas Cowboys succeed. But yeah, if if they fl- again if Dallas loses in the first round to 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 Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers, yeah, I could see Jerry Jones very much being like, "All right, I'm done with this. Like that team's way too talented to be a first round out, and they're already loaded." hmm. Jared Jones calls Jim Harbaugh and says, Hey, we'll give you twenty million a year. I don't know what number.
3: I think that's the like, number. Pick an
2: insane number.
3: I think that's the insane. number is gonna be ridiculous. And it's also he wants uh as much team control as humanly possible.
2: Which may which that's a great point, which may avoid which may make him avoid
3: Dallas. Yeah. Because you gotta yeah.
2: deal with Jerry and Sons.
3: Jerry and Sons. I, I don't think that Not that's... Jerry and Grant. Yeah.
2: Or Jeremy Grant for that matter.
3: Oh. Okay.
2: Yeah. NBA players, am I right? Yeah. Speaking of NBA players, it appears that Pascal Siakam is off the table for the Sacramento Kings. Uh Damien yesterday on D'Lo and Casey reported that the hang up in the Pascal Siakam deal was because Siakam said he would not sign with the
3: Kings. Oh yeah, I I, I don't know if it said he won't he wouldn't commit to signing. He wouldn't uh, commit I, I, I believe to signing with the Kings, uh, but I that's but we're talking about the same thing as of right now.
2: Yeah. So that means to me, like that's not, if it was, Hey, they couldn't come to, to an agreement on a, on a player package. Yeah. That's, that's very different than Siakam said, nah, like I I won't commit to signing there, which changes the calculus a lot for the Kings. So how do they shift gears? Mm -hmm. Is the Siakam deal potentially still on the table? We'll talk about all that next. On the insiders. That's James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen. We're sponsored by Jiffy Lube. Oh, and I got to tell you about Jiffy Lube by the way. Oh. Yeah, I'm not This is not like a paid read. We're not I don't This is I'm I went to Jiffy Lube.
3: Oh. Yeah, man. I needed a car service. So what you're saying this is not an endorsement? No, it's
2: not an endorsement. Okay. I am not making money off of this. You're not making money off of this. No. But I'm going to tell you about my Jiffy Lube experience next because, honestly, it was it was really great. All right. But Pascal Siakam, too. All That's right. That's also coming up. On the Insiders, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. Tons of Kings, tons of NFL playoffs. A lot to get to in these two hours. Let's buckle up. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're the Insiders on ESPN 1320.
1: You're listening to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
2: I'm Kyle. He's James. Yeah, I wanted to uh I want to talk about the Pascal Siakam stuff and I want to talk about my trip to Jiffy Lube, but a couple of big NBA injuries last night. Mm. And thankfully one not as bad as it initially looked. So Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers. Was carried off the floor last night with a hamstring injury. <sighs> and man, when you watch the video, it was like, yo, his season might be done. That looked really, really bad.
3: Yeah, he slipped on, I don't know, like it could have been a banana pill, but there's a wet spot on the floor and he slipped. And like Buddy Hill carrying him off the court was like tough to watch. Yeah, man. Like, he was... had a towel over his head. Um, and, and then they're saying a grade one yeah, that seems a little light for what we saw. Yeah. So
2: I don't I, I mean, I, I don't I've never had a grain grade one hamstring strain. I don't know. Everybody processes pain and injury differently. So I'm not I'm just glad that it came down as a grade one because I was fully expecting the next Tyrese Halliburton notification that we got like, yeah, four to six months. Like yeah. that kind of, like that was so. I uh, thought it was a full
3: fledged tear. That's what it looked like yeah, to
2: me. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Luckily, it was not. It was a grade one hamstring strain. I believe the Pacers said he will be reevaluated next week. So ideally, not missing a ton of time for for one of the bright young stars in the NBA. And then John Morant. Speaking of bright young stars in the NBA, he is out for the season. He's having surgery on his shoulder. He had a shoulder subluxation. Oh, yeah. Which I believe is when the shoulder pops out backwards, Uh, pops out the back of the socket.
3: Oh, okay.
2: I think that's because when he fall, I think that's right. Either way, uh, he is having shoulder surgery, and he is out for the season. Yeah, that's... uh, Which means Memphis is now out for the season.
3: Yeah, that's a tough blow. Yeah, Especially, I mean, they were so bad without him, Mm -hmm. and then found their way to be decent with him. Mm -hmm. And they were starting to build a little momentum. But, uh, yeah, that's a... That's tremendous, uh, like that's a tremendous blow to their anything that they're trying to do. But I also like, I I know the first thing that I started getting was like, oh, go get Marcus Smart, go get Jaron Jackson Jr. Like they're not trading those guys. They're actually going to blow it up. (laughs) No, they're not blowing it up. He's out for a year. And you know what? Like, let's, let's be honest. This is a wash of a season. Sometimes it's better just to like say, okay, this season is what it is. Maybe we can build Desmond Bain into like this monstrous like scoring option and Mm -hmm. maybe jaron jackson jr steps up like this can be what we're doing this year we're not going to give in Mm -hmm. but we're also going to like build this thing up the right way we're going to make sure that some of these young players that that maybe wouldn't get that opportunity are going to step in and yeah so especially next season maybe they get steven uh adams Adams back
2: yeah Uh, yeah you never know yeah, you figure out what you've got with your young guys. I'm, I'm totally there with you. And then Marcus Smart was brought in to be a like culture changer. Yeah, you're not going to at this point of the year at this juncture be like, all right, get Marcus Smart out of here. You know what's funny? And if they want to, if they're like, yeah, shop, we're shopping him. Then sure, yeah, King should give him a call. Yeah, but I don't, I don't believe they're going to do that. I'm right there with you.
3: I actually, you say culture changer. I, it's, it's weird, like. I always liked what they were building with their culture. I Mm -hmm. thought like as a team, like Taylor Jenkins, Mm -hmm. right? Like he was doing a good job of like putting a team on a path where when you played them, you felt like you had to play the entire final 90 seconds of a game, even if they're down 12. Like they were going to battle you tooth and nail all the way down the stretch. And then all of a sudden they, they let one guy spin everything out. Mm-hmm. And and to me, that's where like I don't know that they needed a culture changer as much as they needed a babysitter.
2: That okay, that's that's a a better way to put it. I would say yeah. a, a veteran voice, like a veteran presence and a veteran leader, because they didn't really have that.
3: Yeah, outside of Stephen Adams, who is like the protector, but he's also the guy that like. But is he going to be a vocal leader
2: and and at the forefront? I don't I don't get the idea that that's. No, no,
3: he's Adams the is. guy that has, like, a bunch of buddies who are loudmouths and who get into fights all the time, and, and then someone's like, oh, are you going to c- come step to me? Look who I got. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I brought the ogre. Yeah. Steven Adams he's somehow only, like, 30. I love Steven Adams. He's the know. best, dude. Yeah, right? yes. he's
2: he's The Steven Adams era has been a good one for the NBA. It has, yes. So yesterday, before we get to the Pascal Siakam stuff, my I drive a 2012 Honda Civic. Yep, and it is just cruising along. I'm coming up on 250,000 miles. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a great day for this radio show when I get there. I'm going to do air horns and the whole thing for
3: for my Kyle. I, this does not feel like an entitlement. This feels like an endorsement. No, that's what it is, bro. I, I got to be honest.
2: No, it, I know it I'm, feels like an a, an feels, endorsement. You think it's that, but it's not. <laughs> like you think it's that, but it's not that. Um,
3: that's the inside no, here, here at the go. insiders.
2: Inside baseball. Inside baseball. So I so I, I needed to get my, my car serviced. Well, if you know a creature of habit, I have a place that I take it. Okay. In the Bay Area, right right near my house. It's where I've always taken it. But I got to get an appointment there, and we we're going to be able to get my car in until like Thursday. Mm. Thursday didn't even work for me, so I was looking at Friday. I'm already like, I need to get my car in. I'm commuting 170 miles a day. Yeesh. There's a Jiffy Lube in Elk Grove. Shout out to them. Right That's off Laguna right. at Claggy Court, Claggy, 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 Claggy yes. Court. Okay. Okay. Right next to a Starbucks that I also frequent, and I pulled in and I was like, "This sucks." Because I got there at, at like two thirty, three o'clock. It's like this is gonna suck. They're gonna tell me they're not taking any more cars today, and it's gonna be a whole thing. They're gonna tell me it's gonna be three hours. I'm gonna not get home until like after seven o'clock, and I still got stuff to <sighs> pull up. And the guy goes, what do you need done today? Tell him I need my oil changed. I need my tires rotated. I need my transmission fluid flushed. Let's go. Oof. And he went, all right, we got you. Leave your keys. Give me your phone number. He took out my info. He's like, you can hang out here. You can hang out at the coffee shop. Live your life. We'll call you when it's done. So I went over, got a little work done. Less than an hour. I mean, I'm, literally, I'm hunkered down for like two hours. Yeah. I told my wife, like, hey, I'm going to be gone. And less than an hour, I get a call back that's like, all right, you're good to go. I come in, they show me my air filters that I have not replaced recently, Yep. but that's something I do on my own. And they're like, hey, these suck. And I'm like, you're right. I'll change those. Thank you. I go out, they have my car. They're like, here's your oil. Here's the level it was at. Here's the level it's at. They show me the dipstick, did the same thing with my transmission fluid. They were like, this looks terrible. Here's how it looks now. Looks great. We did X, Y, and Z. You need new tires here soon. You're gonna need to change your brakes soon. Here's the measurements on those. Here's your thing. Pay for it. Give me a coupon, twenty five dollars off. Shout out. Bang, I was out the door. All that in less
3: than an hour. That to me sounds like an endorsement. It was great. I, I'm it's, just saying.
2: No, I, I no, I agree. It does sound like that. And like I said, we're not getting, I, we're not making money for that. I'm telling you genuinely. Yeah. Like we talk about Jiffy Lube on this show all the time. So no, I was like, I, I need to go. I need to be able to. Say like I've been, I've because I'd never been. Yeah, they're amazing. There, it was incredible. Yeah, it was yeah, such a good time. Yeah, I, 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 I shouldn't say a good time. I mean, like I just I got work done while I waited. But yeah.
3: <laughs> I need the the transmission fluid changed in the uh, in the Corolla. Yeah. My son's car. He, he needs to I got
2: a place for you. Yeah, you do have a place for me.
3: <laughs> and you don't have a $100 gift certificate that we give away after. Every, no, I don't. I, wish I, did, yeah, I wish, wish I did, though. Yeah, you I wish I did. That would have been helpful. That's right.
2: Yeah, no, he took it, to walk through my oil options. He's like, you can do this type of oil. You can do this type of oil. You can do this type of oil. Here's the cost difference. Here's what each one means.
3: Da da da. You have a high mileage car. You yeah. should be doing a synthetic oil. Oh, I'm full synthetic, baby. Yeah. You know what it, you know what it is. I, I hear you. I'm full synthetic. All right.
2: Anyways, shout out to <sighs> Jiffy Lube. Like I said, that was not like scheduled. I just no. I went and I felt the need to share my experience because yeah. it's on our freaking yeah video, and it's on stuff. my sleeve. It's on your sleeve. On sleeve. It's in your. It's on the board behind you. Shout out to Jiffy Lube. We, we love. We it. wrote it on the paper. Yeah, we did. But, all right. Is the Pascal Siakam deal like done? Done. No. Is there no chance?
3: No. I, I don't think. It there's feels any... like there's no chance. Okay. So look, if uh, Damien has it, I, I don't have it, but if Damien has it that he said he he wouldn't commit to, to re-signing, right? If he said, I vehemently will not re-sign with you, that's one thing. If he says, hey, I'm not gonna commit now to, to re-signing, uh, those are two totally different things. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see how the how it was worded because if I'm not gonna commit today, like why would he? He's a free agent at the end of the season. He can sign with anyone that he wants. The key is Sacramento Kings, if they were to trade for his rights, would be able to pay him way more than anyone else. As a as your own free agent, mm-hmm. they can give you a fifth year. Mm-hmm. They can give you 8% raises versus 5% raises. Mm-hmm. And there's not a bunch of teams out there with 40 plus million dollars that are floating around like ready to roll and, and give you all of their monies. Like there's not. So he would be silly to just say, no, I won't sign there at all like he could say i'm not going to commit and we'll get to this offseason we'll have discussions Mm -hmm. but that's totally different so i think that the kings have a long history of getting players like this who come in the door and are like i'm not sure i want to be here yeah and then they're here for like a month they're here for two months they're like I was wrong. I this is perfectly fine for me. This is a great place for me to raise a family. This is a great place for me to, like, like I can have a nice house. Like, it's the weather's good, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think it's over, Kyle. Okay. I, I don't. Okay. But I think it's like a giant pause button was hit.
2: Okay. I have some thoughts on that. We also need to figure out what the Kings are going to do now. Okay. What do they do now that the Pascal Siakam deal is not is not off the table, but is being pushed onto the back burner? It's being carried to the stove, placed on the back burner. We'll talk about that next on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube.
1: You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports
0: leader.
1: to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Mattson. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
2: Got some Kings lineup stuff to get to and also want to talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs. I didn't get to do a ton of that yesterday because the Kings face planted so hard against the Pelicans that it took over the show, but we'll get to the NFL playoff stuff as well. But we were talking about Pascal Siakam Mm -hmm. and Damian Barling of D'Lo and KC. Listen noon to four right here on ESPN 1320. You can also catch him and Kenny from... Three to seven on mm-hmm. KSFM. Don't ask me how that works, but it does. Um, so if Pascal Siakam, let's let's live in this world for a moment. So, p- for whatever reason, there was a hang up in the deal. Let's ride with Siakam. Said there is just no chance. I am signing long term in Sacramento. Let's just ride that. that. That's yep. That's that's
3: the world we're living in right now. You walk away. It's over. It's done. No, nope, you don't even look back.
2: Now what? Because we've we've talked. Okay, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam are the two big names, and like, hey, if the Kings are going to make a splash, Toronto's looking to trade these guys. Yep, you can get them in. They they fit X, Y, and Z. That's great. Now now what though? Because now I don't feel like there's that big name that could potentially get you over the hump
3: this year. Okay, so. I'll explain really quickly. Like the reason why you don't trade for Siakam in this situation, like, because you can still trade for the guy. He's still under contract until the uh, end of the year. Sure. Right. The problem is that if you have no assurances that he's going to stay long-term and look, if I'm the Kings, I'm leery on paying him the four year, $192 million deal or a five year, $240 million deal, whatever it is. I'm leery on that anyways, right? This Mm -hmm. is a player who has been durable throughout his career but he's pushing 30, and do you really want to invest all that money in his 30-year-old season, 31, 32, 33, 34? That's a lot of money to put into a guy. Now, maybe it it's fine. Maybe he's perfectly good that whole time. But I think everyone can see that Harrison Barnes today is not the same player he was two years ago, and that's because he crested 30, and mm-hmm. this is kind of where you go uh after the age of thirty. Now there are some players that just keep playing at this incredibly high level. That's totally possible, Kyle. Mm-hmm. But the problem that you have is that if you trade for him and he walks and you give up Harrison Barnes at his $18 million salary next year and you give up Kevin Herter at his $17.5 million salary for next year mm-hmm. and Davion Mitchell at his five point whatever, you still don't have a bunch of cap space to spend. So just to really briefly Yeah, please. The cap space is going to, the salary cap is going to be set at 144, 145 for next season, the NBA salary cap. In a situation where the Kings were to make this trade, they, and then if they were to lose Siakam, they would drop down to 115 million bucks. But the first thing that you have to take out of that is you have a $12.8 million cap hold for Malik Monk. What does that mean? That means that the NBA forces you to have a, a cap hold in place, like basically a place filler that says you can't spend this money unless that player either leaves or you sign him to a new contract. Okay. Now, a cap hold at $12 million is okay if you're going to sign him to a deal starting at $17.4 million. So what you would do is first you'd spend your cap money that you had left, and then you would sign him afterwards so he's not eating up more of that space. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's all about doing it in the right sequence. Right. Now, the $12.8 million cap hold, let's just leave that there. So now your $30 million in cap space that you have just dropped to $27 million. I mean, just dropped to $17 million. Then on top of that, all of the exceptions that you have. So if you have a mid-level exception, which the Kings would have, is between 12 and 13 million bucks for next year. Mm-hmm. Cut that off the 17 million. Right? Good lord. Now, if you have a biannual exception, which the Kings have, it's going to be around 7 million bucks. Mm. Cut that off the end. Now, Okay. You can
2: This is so many numbers.
3: You can resend the rights to those cap holds and get that cap space. But then that means you can't use that as a way to go and improve yourself. So you can go use the twenty million bucks in cap space that you would uh, basically have from you know basically wiping out your two exceptions, but as of right now, the Kings could walk into this offseason and have that exception and be able to go out and use it and sign a player, right? If they were to have OG Ananobi and OG Ananobi, I mean, if they were to have uh, Pascal Siakam and say he signs for forty million bucks you still have your mid-level exception on top of that where you can go above the salary cap to go use that money. But if you're a true cap space team where you drop below the cap, those cap holds, they, they're part of your salary. Those exceptions are part of your salary. Hmm. Then on top of that, if you drop, if you trade all these players and then you have a bunch of free agents, which Kings do, you drop down to seven players on your, on your roster you have a cap hold of a million, 1.1 million for every roster spot that isn't filled the league up, minimum. up to 14 at the league minimum. But if we're talking seven of them, now we're at 7.7 million bucks, man. So again, even if you just look at that, the 7.7 million bucks and Malik Monk's cap hold, that puts you at just about 20 million bucks, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit over. And if you all you had was 30, now all you have is 10 million bucks to spend which now your mid-level exception is way better than that anyways. And so my point is you lose three players, Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, Davion Mitchell. Mm-hmm. You don't have their, their contracts to trade to go get a better player. Mm-hmm. You don't have their contracts at all. And you don't have them to play 30 minutes a night like they did last year. Mm-hmm. Two of those guys, you know, the, those three combined for what? 75 minutes a night last year, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more than that, almost 80. This season, they're not the same number, but right. they're still at 60 minutes a night. Yeah. How do you replace that with only like a mid-level exception? Right. Unless you're just bringing in minimum scale contract guys. It's it's very difficult. That's why it matters what you do right here. It totally matters. So your question is, what now? Yes. What, what now? <laughs> Yeah, is, that was, that was the, the origin of all this. Yes, is you can go ahead and, and make a move. That's fine. But you might want to make a move for a player who's under contract long term or who's under contract for two years or three years, like whatever it is. Now, I'm not saying go out there and get Zach Levine at 50 million bucks in, in year three. Mm-hmm. That, that to me is crazy. But... It's why I keep bringing up Kyle Kuzma, and while Kyle Kuzma went from being a player that I really did have no interest in at all, especially after this summer, mm-hmm. when he chose to go back to Washington as opposed to joining the Sacramento Kings, because that was an option. Mm-hmm. Where I'm at now with him is he signed this crazy good deal in in Washington where, you know, while Pascal Siakam's going to want, again, up, up to 240 million bucks, mm-hmm. we're looking at a guy who makes... 23.5 million next year, 21.5 the year after, and 19.5 the year after that, and that's his 29, 30, and 31 year old seasons. That's a really good contract for a player who may not have the same top end as Siakam, but he's not that far off. Yeah, and he's the Kings for sure. One's a winner, one's a not. Uh, they both have championships.
2: And he's honestly, he's not only cheaper from a financial standpoint, he is cheaper from a trade standpoint.
3: Yes, and and, and it's not a three for one and then picks no it's a it's probably a two for one and so you still get one player now you're down one player Mm -hmm. and you still have your mid-level exception you Mm -hmm. still have the ability to sign malik monk to up to seventeen point five million. you have Mm -hmm. all of these other things in place still that you can go do so it does it really it changes a lot of what you're doing and it's a straight swap out for a contract that you already had because whether it's Harrison Barnes or it's Kevin Herter going in that trade, either one of those players are they're not that far off in the grand scheme of things of what Kyle Kuzma makes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And hey, if there's a way that you can make that trade and Harrison Barnes is still on your team and all of a sudden Harrison Barnes goes from being your fourth or fifth best player to your your sixth or seventh best mm-hmm. player and he's uh you know, your jack of all trades off the bench. Yeah. Like that's, that means that your team got way better.
2: Yeah, signi- significantly better.
3: Yes. Yes. And so that's where I think the Kings are. They have to be smart about how they handle this. They want to swing for the fences. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a really solid double off the wall it is probably better for you than than a home run. Well, uh, especially
2: especially you know. because I, I would... I would put the Kings' chances at like what's the what's the home run swing left? Zach Levine?
3: Uh, no, to me that's you know what that is. What? That's a, a pop up in center field.
2: Well, it's a home, it's a home run swing though. You are taking a massive swing. Oh yeah, it's a it's a massive swing. Okay, right. Okay, that's yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm getting at.
3: Yeah, but it's so, not it's not a fly ball that's deep enough to drive in a runner from third.
2: No, I know. Follow me. <laughs> I'm with so, you. So it is a it's a massive swing, but yep, that doesn't the the Kyle Kuzma move as you lay it out would make them better than the Zach Levine move. Zach Levine in a vacuum is a is a is a better scorer and and probably an overall better player than Kyle Kuzma. Okay. But I don't think the Kings necessarily need somebody who's gonna fill it up and hey, he might hit 10 threes in a game and hey, he might go get you forty on a night. That to me is not what they, you know, need. Kyle Kuzma is a fine defender. He's a good rebounder. He can play make enough. He can score it. And in this offense, he would be the second, third, fourth option where all of a sudden he's overqualified for this position. And overall, I think that's better than being like, yeah, hey, here's Zach Levine. Now, De'Aaron Fox and Zach Levine, you guys, you play your turn, my turn, and that's going to be the offense now. I just, I'm not, I don't rock with that.
3: Yeah. And I mean, I think that there is some concern about Kyle Kuzma being that as well. Uh, and I also think there's some concern about Kyle Kuzma being not an all-in player. Um, but, you know, these are things that you, you kind of have to, you got to figure out. Yeah. Like, you got to figure out the commitment level. Is he all-in? Can Will he be a buy-in player? Will he drop back to 18 points and eight and a half rebounds like he did two years ago in Washington? And he's super efficient, and he's he's a really good fit for you. Yeah. Or does he want to be? Uh, does he is he looking for fame and fortune? Like I think NBA players are are super confused by that. The best way to get notoriety is to win basketball games. It's to not play for a team that's six and thirty three on the season. <laughs> it's to play for a team that's fighting for an NBA championship. Sure, and is fun and and coming up on everybody and and you know like that's that's how you gain notoriety like you can sit there and score 20 points on a bad team for as long as you want mm-hmm. the second you score 20 points on a good team you become legitimate and that's sure. where I think that I, like there are ways that you pitch to everybody like like we talked about this before like if I were the Kings and I was on the court on Friday night playing against Pascal Siakam every single time out I'd be leaning up against him every time you're at the free throw line Hey man, you understand that like we could be title contenders for five years. Like your entire window, like your entire prime, we could be title mm-hmm. contenders with you on this roster. That's what I would be doing the whole I time. Think
2: his, I think his argument would then be I could be a title contender with Miami too or with whatever other team.
3: Sure, but do those teams <clears throat> want you and are those teams willing to pay you that and are they are they coming after you like the Kings are? And that's where, like, again, if the conversation with with Kyle Kuzma to me is different. Mm-hmm. It's like, will you forego trying to score 20 points a game for no reason? Like, that that's an arbitrary mm-hmm. number that means nothing in the grand scheme of things. Like, if I'm trading for Kyle Kuzma, I would, like, Kyle Kuzma has to understand that he is not in line to be in the Hall of Fame.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
3: if he, there's some way he's going to become an all-star player. It would be because he played for a 60 win Sacramento Kings team that got three all-stars at the All-Star uh, sure, All-Star weekend, sure. you know, or the old Atlanta Hawks where, you know, they had five guys, Jeff Teague and Kyle Korver and Paul Millsap and Al uh, Horford. Al Horford, Like that's how like you would get there outside Demar of Carroll? that. Uh, but he wasn't an all-star. Oh. Um, yeah, but he he was probably there. Yes. Uh, and Kent Bazemore right after that, right? Oh,
2: Baz, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they sure. gave
3: Bazemore that crazy $19 million a year salary. So anyway, I, I think that like going after a guy like Kuzma, that makes sense to me. It does. And like uh, the the question is, are you a serious player? And like De'Aaron Fox, like they're the same draft class. It's not like he doesn't know Kyle Kuzma. It's not like he can't call him and say, hey, mm-hmm. this is what we're trying to do. Are you yeah. interested in what we're trying to do? cuz if yeah. you're not like it's okay if you just want to go out there and play for a bad team and put up a bunch of points and you know and and do all that stuff that's fine but do you actually want to be a player because we can do that here if you're here and you're bought in
2: Yeah I'd be interested to like I would love to know what Kyle, Kyle Kuzma legitimately believes in that regard Like does he look does he look and go yeah that's all great but I want I've won a title. I've I've been on a championship team as a role player. I want to prove to maybe it's just to himself. Maybe he's not worried about the Hall of Fame and maybe he's not worried about what people on on ESPN or whatever are saying. Yeah. Maybe he wants to prove to himself, like, dude, I can I can be the centerpiece of a team that goes on to win. But maybe he went maybe he goes, Yeah, you know what? Hey, I thought this thing in Washington, Tyus Jones and Jordan Poole, we're gonna we're gonna have a little something. And we just don't. So yeah, get me out of here. I want to be a winner.
3: Yes. Well, that's the question. Do you want to be mm-hmm. a winner, or is that what you want? Like, oh, big deal. He scored twenty three points a game, but he scored twenty three points a game on a team that is absolutely horrible. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm a winner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same, honest. I wouldn't sleep
2: on how much scoring twenty a night means to an NBA player. Well, I get that. Like, if you're a twenty a night guy, you're a you're a dude. I, I get that. You can.
3: You can be the dude, but like that, losing sucks. No doubt, losing no is doubt. not fun, man. It mm, doesn't matter yeah. what you're doing. Like, that's
2: it. Did you hear? Did you hear Mike Vrabel speaking of no. the recently fired Titans coach when they got at when he got asked what the motivation was when playing against the Jags in Week 18 because they didn't have anything to play for, and he was like, "Cause losing sucks." Like, losing is the worst thing. Yeah. There's nothing. That's it. We play this game to win.
3: Yeah. I had a friend once ask me, we were playing board games with another couple, and my my buddy's wife was like, why do you always, like, try to win, like, really hard? Like, you, you, you mm-hmm. like, want to win. Mm-hmm. And I would, my answer is like, why would I play a game if I wasn't trying to win? Sure. I, that's, like, if that's not who, I mean, but that's who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, do my job to come in second. Sure. Like, I want to be... You, when uh, you're having friendly
2: camaraderie, you want to make sure to kick everyone's ass. Yes. So then, who Big Dog is at that
3: UNO table. That's right. Hell yeah. Well... Yeah. But, but everything, like, that's who I've always been as, like, an athlete, as a person at work. Like, it doesn't matter. Sure. I'm someone who, like, pushes the envelope and, and like, just... I, I run through walls, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like, that's that's my personality. Don't do that here.
2: That would put a lot of work on Seth and Jonathan and the engineering it's staff. true, but
3: if I ran that's through this wall, thing. at least we'd be in the same room, Kyle. it's a great point. I could run through this wall right here, and we would yeah, be in the same room. Yeah, I don't think you have room. to do
2: that, because apparently, rumor has it, they're working on getting us in
3: the same room. It's absolutely crazy. Kyle and I could be actually in the same room doing a radio show together from the same room. Not, like, soon, but it's
2: on the horizon. <laughs> not soon. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot of work. It's a heavy undertaking to get my
3: setup into where you are. See, that's why I don't touch the buttons, because I don't know what that would take. Like, for me... Bro, I touch all the buttons, and I don't know what that would take. I, for me, I could have a Sawzall and this, this wall down within five minutes, and we'd be in the same room.
2: Are you sure <laughs> this wall isn't load-bearing?
3: Uh, it's non-load-bearing. This is all... All of this is non-load-bearing, <laughs> yes. I can, I can attest to that, uh, but yes. I like the Kyle Kuzma
2: idea. Yep. I'm in on the Kyle Kuzma idea. I think it would make the Kings better. I think if if it's, even if it is Harrison Barnes. And honestly, hey, and this has been brought up in the chatty house, and I, and I could not agree more with it. If you can fit Tyus Jones into that deal too, then by all means. I don't know how interested the Wizards would be in doing that, but if you can pry Tyus Jones away in that deal by throwing in a little something extra, an extra second round pick or whatever it is, I would 1,000% be trying to do that as well. Love Tyus Jones. Mm-hmm. But my my question is whether that is, hey, the Kings are a little bit better now. Maybe they're a little bit more consistent on a night-to-night basis. I don't know if it moves the needle so much that I'm going, yeah, they're going to, ha- hey, get them in a playoff series with, with Denver. They're hanging with them. Get him a playoff series with, with Oklahoma City. Oh, that's a bad example. They've already beat him uh, without De'Aaron Fox, but get him in a seven game playoff series against any any of the any contender, pick a contender. I don't know how I feel. I, I feel maybe a little bit better, but I'm still not like, oh yeah, they're they are right there with
3: Denver now. Or Boston or Philly. No, I, I get you. I would tell you that that you could say make the same exact argument for for Pascal Siakam. Like, there's a time where yeah, he's, he's no a two-time all-star. No doubt. And and I would say, like, okay, you know, right now, Siakam's averaging 22.1, uh, 6.5 rebounds, five assists per game, right? Mm-hmm. And he's playing 35 minutes. So 22, 6.5, and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Kuzma's stats are better. And, I, I like, I'm not saying Kyle Kuzma's Good a better Good stats, player. bad team guy. No, I, I, I totally agree. But, we're again, we're looking at 22.6, 6.1 rebounds, 4.2 assists like they're on paper they're virtually the same player and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they are the same player yeah, yeah but I could even make the argument that that Kyle Kuzma is a better fit in Sacramento with this current roster the the question is will he buy in and and your question can I would much rather have Kyle Kuzma going up against Michael Porter Jr than not have Kyle Kuzma or yeah. Kyle Kuzma in a game where Aaron Gordon has to defend him, mm-hmm. so Aaron Gordon can't go defend, say Fox, Fox or mm-hmm. Keegan Murray. Mm-hmm. So that's where the dynamic okay. would change. Where as of right now, like whatever he's doing, like Harrison Barnes is not that threat. Yeah, that those guys are. He, you know, Kuzma's a bigger, longer, more athletic player at this point. And you know, like at the end of the day, it really does depend on buy-in for me.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I get it on, on all the fit stuff. The other thing that I think matters here as we talk about this, and this mm-hmm. will, I think, become a bigger conversation into April and, and hopefully into May, is Kyle Kuzma has played in huge games. Now, granted, it was in the bubble. That's a, mm-hmm. That was a little different. But he was on a title team. Yeah. He's played in big games before. I, I don't ever get the idea that he has been uh, shied away from the moment In a big spot. Yeah. And I think when it comes down to crunch time for the Kings, I think having another player who you know has been there and has done that, Mm -hmm. I think matters. And I can't really quantify that. And I hate bringing it up because it's like that whole clutch gene thing that was such a big deal when Skip Bayless was doing that with LeBron and all that. Because it's kind of a cousin to that. But when you're just kind of I think when you're when you're mapping out the merits of of Kyle Kuzma and that addition and this has nothing to do with Siakam because Siakam, same thing, but just Kyle Kuzma in a vacuum when you're when you're stacking up what he does well, that's I think something I don't know if the Kings will take it into account,
3: but I sure will and that's what matters. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I, I get what you're saying, man. Like this isn't there is no easy fix to take you from a really good team to a title contender. And uh, like, there's not. And, and if that deal's out there, then you got to chase it. But I don't think that that deal is materialized yet. What we've seen is is players that can make you even better than you are today. But how much better we don't know. Yeah. The right? other
2: thing, the other the other angle to this is what you bring up about the future too. Kyle Kuzma leaves
3: you a little bit of flexibility moving forward. Well, of course he does. And. That yeah. that could wind up mattering as much as anything. The fact that three years from now he's making nineteen point five million and mm-hmm. OG, I mean, the, uh, Pascal Siakam is going to be making like forty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's he's not thirty million dollars better. I yeah. guarantee you. And and three years from now he won't be thirty million dollars better. Yeah. I, at least not that I can see.
2: I wouldn't. I would be stunned if that, if that was the case. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Hey. I, it was so funny watching you sit there and just talk yourself into Kyle Kuzma on the fly. No, Not what, today. I, uh, out there, at, I, I've told the story before. We we're sitting out there. We were both yes. riding after work one day and just watching you, like, well, you know, hmm. Mm. Eh,
3: I hate well, saying it. I, I do. You know, God,
2: it just, the Kyle Kuzma thing kind of makes sense. And then you start talking it through. It's like, man, it sure does. Because I was in your camp, man. I was out. Like, I like Kyle Kuzma as a player. I think I think he can hoop for sure. But I was just out on the idea of him for the Kings, especially this offseason. Mm-hmm. It's like that doesn't, my whole thing was that doesn't make you that
3: much better. Yeah. But now watching him this year, watching the Kings, it's like, eh. Uh, you just see how he fits. Yeah. Like, and you, it, again, it's, for me, it, what made me change my mind, mm-hmm. strictly the salary. It yeah. was like, I know who you are as a player. I've watched enough Kyle Kuzma. Mm-hmm. I know who Kyle Kuzma is. Mm-hmm. I have concerns about whether he's serious. Mm. But when I saw his contract, I was like... Worth the risk. Man, that is totally worth the risk. Because if he doesn't work out two years from now, you can trade him with no problems. Yeah. There are a bunch of teams that would take on that contract. Okay. I'm in. All right.
2: You know who else is in? A bunch of NFL teams. The NFL postseason field is set. We didn't get to talk about it yesterday. We'll dive into a little bit of that. And then, of course, we'll circle back to the Kings. Because... You asked a question on the rundown. I think it's a good one. Does Mike Brown have more tinkering to do with the starting lineup and with the rotation? We'll talk about that. Also coming up on the Insiders on ESPN 1320.
1: You're listening to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader.